if you don't go out there and fuck yourself, you're going to win the game. 45, 50, 45, 30, 45, 30, he's going to go. Holy cow. Big red junkies. So it's Northwestern Week. Some yeah. people call it Northwestern Hate Week. For me, it's more of a who hates Northwestern. Can we get the fucking? I hate losing to them. Can we yeah. get the fucking uh, Ireland game out of our minds from last year? Can we? Can we do it? It was until you reminded me of yeah, it, no shit. <laughs> dickhead. Are, are you going to talk about the onside kick again? Or I like to think about uh, the worst, the worst call in football history. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's not accurate. It was a bad call. That's not accurate. <laughs> there, there have been some calls that have challenged it here this last couple of weeks. So <laughs> I was gonna my, say. Miami choosing not to kneel the ball and stuff like that. Like, there's been some weird ones, but they cost them all the game the same. Yep. <laughs> um, I like to think back to the last time we played Northwestern in Memorial Stadium. Yes. That's what I like to remember. Yeah. Let's, let's do two years ago again instead of last year. I'll take that. That'd be nice. A um, couple things we learned this week in the press conference. We officially have a name starter for this game. I was, kind of not, I was kind of surprised by that, too. I, you know, I, I feel like it was one of those... I wasn't surprised that it was Harburg. I was surprised that he announced it. Do you think it? Do you think the announcement came as... Because I feel more and more this last couple of weeks, it seemed like Rule had... Like the last three weeks, basically, Rule has started to speak to his team more and more through the media. It's not stuff that I think that they're hearing for the first time coming through his press conferences. But... I think some of the things, like the calculated moves he's making to say certain things in his press conferences, very, very Phil Jackson-esque, very, I'm trying to motivate my players through what I'm saying to the public, and this seemed almost like one of those, you've earned it. Officially, I'm announcing it, I'm acknowledging this publicly, you have earned it. Here's your motivation, now fucking seize the day. Do you think some of that's because he knows the players are listening, and so he wants everybody saying it? Instead of just the coaches? The thing is, I think they've been saying it for a couple of weeks, especially the players. If you listen to the players in those press conferences, all they talk about is what Harburg is doing and what and Harburg is talking to us about this and Harburg is saying that. Like they talk about Harburg like he's been the starter all season anyway. I I think that Rule is talking to the players a lot more, but I think it's more about mental stuff. Not necessarily about who's starting, who's not. Because but I think this is kind of a, one of those mental things. That's, this is a finally, he's publicly acknowledging, he's publicly saying, because to this point, ultimately what has been said in the media, Rule has not given him that you're the starter seal of approval. He has, he has always said it's a competition. This is, we're going to put the best guy out there that wins. However he wants to say it, whatever coach speak thing he wants to say, he has not said definitively, Harburg's our guy. And it felt like on Monday, he finally said, Harburg's our guy. You got it, buddy. Carpe diem. I think the biggest, th- the biggest factor in this is all of the other weeks, Sims has not been 100%. So he could always lean on, well, the other guy's not healthy. So. He didn't have to. So That's fair. So now that maybe Jeff Sims is 100%, we're going to cut out all the bullshit and we're just going to say... Okay, fine. I can't use the Sims is injured excuse, but I will see what happens at, at game time. Everybody's healthy. 
yes, Harburg's the guy. We're not talking about it anymore. Now Harburg's out there carpaying all them DMs. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's still a competition every day. It's not like Harburg can let up now. He's got to he's got to continue to to grow and move forward. But I don't I don't see let up in that. Game. I didn't no. I didn't give you enough credit last last week when we were talking about this. You said I think we've seen growth. I really think we have. And I went back and I watched the Illinois game. He did make more throws that seemed more legitimate. He still got the sidearm shit and he tries to pull some Patrick Mahomes stuff too much, but it's they like, can coach that out of him. It's like he has the confidence that he needs now that he didn't have the first couple of games that he was in there. Now they need to reel it in and kind of, it's it's like honing your anger. You can use it as a weapon, but you got to do it right. Mm-hmm. You can hone that confidence. You just got to do it right. Well, it's it's kind of funny. He, when, during, when he spoke yesterday, because we're, fil- we're filming this on Wednesday night, Tuesday in his press conference when he was talking, he got kind of asked a little bit, or he, actually I think he kind of brought it up on his own, but just the conditioning thing. We've heard Satterfield and Rule talk about it a couple different times, how he gets winded in the game. And he basically brought it up, and then I've heard I've heard a couple other people talk about that he was never included in anything. He was never training to be the starting quarterback. It, prior to this year, he was left out of quarterback meetings frequently. He was fourth, fifth, sixth on the depth chart at quarterback. He was never traveling with the team. He wasn't doing all these things that, really take more like you have to be more engaged you have to be in better shape uh to be a starting quarterback than you do to be right the guy riding the pine and you know fetching playbooks and things like that i also don't know that they were expecting to use the quarterback in the running game as much as they have to now with hartberg so i don't know that they were expecting to need this much out of the quarterback position as they do now with all of the injuries specifically at running back that are happening. I'd be curious to know what Satterfield's offense was supposed to look like by this point. I think we'll find out more next year. Well, I, I also, don't know about this year. I, I, we, you can't find out this year because that, they don't have the guys. And I'm, it's, it's literally just a curiosity. I also, no, I also I have to peel that back just a little bit because I, I think I disagree with you from the standpoint of Jeff Sims still ran the ball 19 times in the Minnesota game. Yeah. Like that was the closest to what, they thought the offense was going to look like was the Minnesota game. So the fact that he was, you know, like we talked about after that game, he ran the ball. He was the only one in double figures of carries that game. And four of them, I think, were sacks, whatever. But still, they intended to run the quarterback a lot. I, 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 I just dis- don't think he was planning to start. I, don't I disagree that going into the season, they planned on running the quarterback 19 times. I don't, I don't think that that was the game plan going into even the Minnesota game. It's just how the game turned out. That's, but the, that, so. is, that is strictly you, you my opinion. Right. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm just saying I, the way that they talked in the offseason did not give me the impression that this was a quarterback-driven offense as far as running the ball. Well, Rule made, Rule made the comment. He was like, Satterfield would love to throw the ball down the field yeah. every time, every chance he gets. <laughs> he was kind of calling people out like, Hey, we're we're working with what we got. Most of that Shut was fuck up. Most of that was a little exaggeration stuff, but it was. It, he was, but it, the the point he was trying to make was we're working with what we have. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Like stop trying to tear my guys down because everybody's listening. Yep. Now what I want to see is get I felt th- called out. Get- <laughs> <laughs> now that we know that we have two young guys in at quarterback and receiver, let's start connecting the Malachi Coleman ball a little bit more. 
Well, not just we can get some rapport going on. And this will go into one of the questions, but it's not just Malachi. They, he t- they talk of Jaden Doss like crazy. Yes. So it's he almost just won't mention Malachi without talking about Jaden Doss. Yeah. Light them both up. Yeah. I, I think it's it, it's kind of like the way that Scott Frost used to talk about what's his what's that kid's name. Uh, he never really played much for you for us. I bet it was a Nebraska kid. I can't. Rem- <laughs> oh, I can't. Rem- no, actually, you know who I think it was. I think it was Boodle when Boodle was like a freshman and a, and a sophomore. I don't remember. And he, now, and now he you got to connect the dots. And he was like third or fourth this. string. And and Scott Frost would get asked. It's like after Anthony Grant went off for an, a huge game early in the season last year. And somebody's like, what do you think about Anthony Grant and this and that? And he's like, he's like yeah, well, we've, we've got all these other guys back oh, there. And like, I bet, I bet you're thinking of Brody Belt. Maybe. Oh, yes. Yeah, he like Scott Frost would never... Never Ooh. let 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 starters be mentioned without exactly. bringing up this like no name person at the back of the depth chart. Yep. And rule, if it feels like he does that with Jaden Doss every time Malachi gets brought up. Rule's like, well, yeah, he's there and he's awesome, but remember, Jaden Doss is over here. Yeah. Get them both involved. I don't care. Well, they just start. Have to they now. have to just start <laughs> completing some more goddamn passes. They have to. Billy Kemp doesn't get himself open enough. No. Like we, if we're, if we're going to do anything other than throw the ball to Thomas Fedoni and and do. Uh, Jet sweeps with Billy Kemp. That's the only way we're getting the ball out right now. So it, one of them is going to have to start catching the catching the ball. Yep, but we got to start throwing to him, and that's my. As we start to hone some of that confidence and get him to pass the ball better, past five yards, I think we're going to see our offense open up a little bit. At least I hope. Which One of those guys are getting reps now too. Which also goes back to what I said towards the beginning of the show. I mean, Col- Coleman's a permanent starter now. How yeah. is how is Satterfield's offense going to be uh, have the ability to adapt with that t- week off? Yeah, and we'll find out, I guess. Six months—it's a long time. <laughs> well, there, there's such a difference in athleticism when it comes to some of the younger guys that are now going to get that shot by force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because those guys are more athletic than the ones we were trying to throw out there. Trial by fire, right now. They, yeah, they they need the permission to go do their thing. They've got it. Mm-hmm. Malachi's looked good on film in everything that he's done that I've seen. So, I, other than the games this year, so I would I would love to see him get a couple opportunities that actually come down within catchable range uh, down the field a little bit, and let's see what happens. But they got to be in catchable range. And, and yes. this this is by no me. I, this is going to be construed as this way, but I'm not trying to criticize Malachi Coleman or <laughs> say anything that I heard anything whatever else like that, but. Just like with what I talked about with the, the MJ Sherman stuff about this uber talented guy gets recruited by Georgia, all these stars, whatever. Sometimes it's hard to adapt to the college game, especially right away. Sure, that could be happening with somebody like a Malachi Coleman, who, who's uber talented, just dominated the lesser talent that he played against, and just the transition sometimes is hard. It doesn't mean that he can't elevate, whether it's this year or in the future years, but sometimes just the initial transition is hard. It's just weird, even with the most talented guys. It's weird to to say that though, after seeing what he did at some of the the senior bowl games. So that what? He it, that's not college. It's a different thing. No, but that is top end talent. It doesn't that's matter. Starting in a lot of places across the country. Also, just like with the defense and some things locking into place and settling down, we're going to see that more with our offense. True. Now that we know Harburg's our guy. Coleman's our guy. Mm-hmm. Let's start. By this time next year, we'll have a whole year of those two playing the game together, passing to him. Yep. Like, 
Yeah, you, it, you're it not might wrong. look completely different a year from now. Yeah. You're not wrong. Think of all the things that had to happen in order for those two guys to be on the field at the same time right now. Fedoni and Harburg talk about it all the time, how they've been thrown to each other for like five or six years now. Well, they were college roommates. That's why he's comfortable. No, but even before college, they were playing on some seven and seven high school things where they were thrown to each yeah. other. So it's like they talk about it all the time about the connection that they have. And the ball to Fedoni is generally more accurate. Well, when you're that huge, you got a giant catch radius. It's going <laughs> to be more speaking accurate. Speaking of Malachi, it <laughs> he's be not worse. five yards bigger is my point. Malachi is not that much smaller than Fedoni. <laughs> and so as we see those two practice and yeah. play together more, yep. we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna see it come together. Absolutely. You're spot on. You're spot on. What else do we know about Nebraska heading into this that we didn't know? Anything? We haven't got that much out of this bye week. No. No, I mean, update-wise, other than actually naming a Stider, a, a, Stider, a starter. Which one of us is drinking? <laughs> no shit. No shit, man. Not me. Hey, remember, I still got a newborn. That's true. You were up at 4 o'clock so sending his memes. He's going to be using the excuse for two memes. years. Yeah, I was up at 4 o'clock sending memes. So <laughs> We're going to be doing the 2026 show. Mm-hmm. I got a newborn. Yeah, we'll be talking about <laughs> Natty's. Also that, yeah. No, I mean, other than, you know, Reimer getting back healthy and, you know, all that stuff. That's that's big. bigger news than yeah. really we've talked about to I this agree. point. He, I fully believe, is the biggest brand in our defense. I agree. And so our defense, in my opinion, is going to look stout as fuck this week. I, I agree. I agree with that. Outside of that, we haven't really heard anything. No. What do we know about Northwestern? It sounds like they might be down their starting quarterback. Possibly uh, starting quarterback, one of their, you know, kind of do everything wide receivers might not be playing uh, AJ um, brain fart on his name. Cause I was scrolled. Oh, AJ Henning. Uh, he's questionable. Both of them might sound like they had upper body injuries. They didn't really say, um, cause I watched that Howard game and they were talking about that. And they Sword really just say, uh, I think that's probably on the injury report. You can't, you win can't a marathon. run a marathon without putting some band-aids on your nipples. Um, they they are not very good team. They're playing much better than what anybody expected them to play all year. Uh, they have one guy that has over a hundred yards rushing on the season, and I don't mean one running back. I mean one guy. They have the one running back who has like three hundred yards rushing. Uh, their next guy has like ninety something yards rushing, and it's the backup quarterback that started last week, and he's played sparingly throughout the year, and he has like ninety something rushing yards. He's number two on the team. Jesus! So they can't run the ball. You're They're really not very selling good. me here. Yeah, I know. Um, so you're saying our rush defensive numbers are going to get better this week? They could, because they only average hundred and three on the ground per game. Yeah. If you don't rush the ball, they're not going to get that much better. Yeah, they 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 average hundred and three on the ground and like two hundred and three in the air. So. Jesus. They're not a good team. Um, they, they got two really good linebackers, Bryce Gallagher and a guy that you'll love his first name, Xander Mueller. Hey, um, Xander Mueller is uh, third in the Big Ten with tackles for loss, uh, seven tackles for loss. He has three and a half sacks, which is fourth in the Big Ten. And Bryce Gallagher, it was, it was funny when I was looking or when I was watching that Howard game, uh, I saw this guy, last name Gallagher. I was like, Gallagher, he's been like at Northwestern for like a thousand years, and so I'm looking it, it was up. His son, uh, his brother was playing previous to him, so it was Bla- oh wow, it was Blake Gallagher, <clears throat> then it was Bryce. Now it's Bryce Gallagher. They just gave him his old jersey, basically. Yeah, just and it had a B Gallagher. You know, just <laughs> it's Northwestern. They don't spend a lot of money on uniforms. 
but both you're of gonna have to drop ten pounds, kid. You're a little bit bigger than yeah, your brother. Yeah, there's no was. money floating around that university. <laughs> yeah, no shit. That giant uh, indoor practice facility <laughs> that off. they built and all that. Yeah, and just being in the Big Ten. Um, but Bryce Gallagher, he's a just a tackling machine. He's basic. Actually, both of the Gallagher's throughout the last like six years since they've been there, um, they're either number one or number two on the team in tackles. Wow. Uh, his brother, uh, Blake, through his last three years of his career, he averaged eight and a half tackles per game. Bryce is currently in the last two and a half seasons averaging eight and eight point four tackles per game. So they're both just around the ball all the time. But outside of those two guys, they're not very good. They only have five takeaways on the season on defense. They've also only Sounds hit, like us. They've given up the ball five times. That does um, not sound like us. Correct. <laughs> True. But they're playing clean, standard, Pat Fitzgerald type football. Yeah. I heard you had a fun fact. About Northwestern. About I Northwestern. Do. I need to have, know this. Does it have anything to do with uh, human car washes? No. Oh, that's, that's, that's good. That's not fun. That's We're not out of fun. that? That's We're out of that? not fun at okay. all. It might yeah. be a fact, but it's not fun. No. Uh, so, in 1930, Northwestern went 7-1. and one. They were ranked fourth in the country. They shared the Big Ten title that year. Going into the 1931 season, there was a lot of hype for Northwestern coming back. Apparently, they had a lot of guys coming back. I don't freaking know. They're all old. Um, Northwestern opened... Well, some are probably dead right now. Oh, yeah. Probably <laughs> all of them. Um, Northwestern actually opened the 1931 season against Nebraska in Evanston. So it kind of ties in. Oh, wow. Nebraska. Yeah, okay. Uh, it was the second game of the season for Nebraska, but Northwestern's first game, it was on October 3rd, 1931. Northwestern ended up winning the game 19-7, to but the interesting part was that Al Capone was buying into the hype of Northwestern. He went to the game. Oh, wow. And the problem is, is that the fans in attendance found out that he was there, and they actually booed him out of the stadium and forced him to leave. <laughs> what? Like you, you could have given me a thousand guesses. <laughs> wouldn't have got to that one. Yeah. Nope. I wouldn't even gotten close. So I was telling my buddy Mike about this, and he's like, that takes a lot of balls to boo Al Capone out of a, you know. What's anything. he going to do? Kill a thousand people? Well, you know, he's. Maybe a couple hundred, but not a thousand. It's just outside of Chicago where he was. Draw the so line like, at a know, thousand. Whatever. <laughs> but then, so I was reading more about Al Capone just in, as far as in 1931. Two, literally two weeks after this game happened, he got convicted to 11 years on tax evasion. Yeah. So. That was, was the end of his run. Maybe Western fucked him up. Maybe the fans were like, well, we know he's about to get convicted. Let's boo him. And who the fuck cares what the ramifications are? Because he's going to be gone for a long time. <laughs> what a weird That's the end of him, too. <laughs> but Jesus yeah. Christ. That's, that, is a, that is an interesting fact. <laughs> but against Nebraska, Al Capone was there and he got booed out of the stadium. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> Closest Nebraska that is, ever got to Al Capone. Yeah. That's, that's quite the tie-in. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. That's quite the yeah. tie-in. I, the fact that it was against Nebraska, I'm like, I have to use this one. I mean, it could have given me a year oh, yeah. of Sundays and I would have dropped up that situation. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Makes me want to go watch some gangster movies. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> See if I missed anything about Northwestern football. <laughs> I'm going to have to go watch Boardwalk Empire again and see what's going on there. That's wild. Find some Al Capone documentaries and see if that's in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have you ever watched Boardwalk Empire? No. Oh, dude. 
I'm not a mafia guy. Oh, that's that's fair. Jen he doesn't just, watch anything that doesn't involve a jersey. Al, Al Capone. <laughs> Al Capone was coming up in in the Jersey area, like as a as a basically teenage gangster. No, a, a teen Jersey, show. not the Jersey area. <laughs> no, no, no. I got it. I got it. I knew you were gonna go there when <laughs> you said. That. I had to talk about it, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Well. Uh, unless you have anything else nope. interesting about that, Al Capone that was, or Northwestern. I do not. Let's I mean, there's it. a lot of other interesting things about Al Capone that isn't that he can't go to a Northwestern game because <laughs> without getting booed out of the stadium. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> Al Capone could do almost anything else in life. Fuck, couldn't couldn't fuck go to you Northwestern syphilis, games. motherfucker. Damn it, <laughs> I'm never coming back to a Northwestern game. Good, because you're going to jail You'd for never go years. to another yeah. college game ever. You're going to prison and then hell. <laughs> Bye-bye. Um... Let's jump into the questions, man. All right. How many did you get for this week? I got seven. Seven questions coming in hot. Um, with, when we kind of talked about it with the Malachi Coleman, Jaden Doss, um, with Marcus Washington now gone, our wide receiver room getting thinner and thinner and thinner. I had this question for the Colorado game, and that didn't turn out very well because we don't throw the ball to our freshman wide receivers. So I'm going to bring it back. Total receptions by our three main Freshman wide receivers, Jaden Doss, Jalen Lloyd, and Malachi Coleman. So those guys combined catches, not targets. I had targets, I guess, for the Colorado game. I didn't have catches. Um, but now they have to catch the ball. I have the number at five and a half combined for those three. Nebraska averages 11 receptions per game. Kemp, Fedoni, and Bullock, who are the top three guys remaining, they combine for five and a half catches per game. So I basically just made up the difference of the 11. So uh, who, for, who did you put those three guys? Malachi Coleman, Jaden Doss, and Jalen Lloyd. Our freshman wide receivers. It's the guys that are going to play. So five and a half combined catches. Hmm. Matt, I'm going to let you go first. I think, the, I think the biggest thing is, is we don't throw the ball very much. We also don't complete no, we don't. very many passes. So it's like... He's 50 for 96 on the season. Yeah. He's already letting me go first. He's basically 50%. He's already letting me go first, so I'm going to say my answer before he does so I can feel good about it. I'm taking the under for two reasons. One, I I think those guys are still going to get some looks, but it's more of a prove-it for me on that point. They're just not catching the ball this year. It's also, I mean, we talked about how Harburg has a tendency to throw the ball 20 yards over a guy's head. And, and these are catches, not targets. Right. And these are also deeper threat guys. And so I think we're going to see more Fedoni. I think we're going to see more Kemp in this game. I also think we're going to run the ball like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they give, up, they give up a shit ton on the, on the, the ground. Th- they're not great at the rush defense. And even though that our running back room is lacking, and it will be for the remainder of the year, we still got Grant in there. We got some good talent in there. So I, if we complete 10 passes in this game, I'll be happy, mm-hmm. and I think at least six of those are going to those top three guys, so I'm taking the under. Okay. By the way, you said those three freshmen are deep threat. We don't know that. Oh, that's true. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. That is true. Malachi Coleman has one catch for five yards. So. They're, they're supposed <laughs> to be deep threat guys. Facts. I'm just saying. Like, Facts. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to be a contrarian here and say I, I'm going to go with the over on this because this feels like one of those games where we're going to have to do something like we're going to do something out of the norm. I feel like the first series. I, hope not. I, th- I think the first series they're going to try and come out and get Harburg's confidence up a little bit, throwing the ball to some short stuff, um, and 
I think that those those younger guys are going to do a better job of getting open. So I'm going to go with the over. I think Malachi probably has four catches in this game. I knew you were going to go with the over. I mean, that was, that was <laughs> how much you just drool over Malachi Coleman. I was anything that questioned Malachi Coleman. It's like you with Bailey Kemp over. Like I you, give me a year, <laughs> I may change my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, Bailey's let me down. Um, I disagree with most of what you said as far as <laughs> how we're going to run this offense. No, kiss this thing. Keep it simple, stupid. Just yeah. go out there. Do what you what you can do best. I don't know exactly what See, that is. That's what Satterfield but, hasn't been good no. at doing. That's what but that's what we need to that's do. That's what we you have to go execute. Yes. I get it. But that's Just not go what Satterfield execute. that's not what Satterfield's been good at doing. In moments where he feels like he has the opportunity, but having he a week tries off, to move it. Having a week off to emphasize more than a week. I get it. Yeah, I know. I get it. I, I think they're just going to keep it simple and just move the fuck on. And I think Rule will have reeled that in some at this I, point. That's another I think part. it's more, hey, we know what works. Go do what works. As much as Rule always says, I don't micromanage my coaches. That's not micromanaging. But he always, he always wants to bring it. I agree with you that it's not necessarily micromanaging. It's doing your job. But because you know, he really just kind of said that at the press conference the other day. He did. Sometimes he, guys just need a reminder. Go do what works. Yeah. Well, go. I, I will also say, just get out of your own way. I don't yeah, and just, exactly. I don't. I don't think, and that's something that's been one of my biggest gripes about his play calling, is that just like the I keep going back to that La Tech game where we come out, we had just just ground pounded it all the way down the field, the series before, and then he comes out and he throws three straight balls. We go three and out. It's those moments that are that, that have made me say the Minnesota game, I, not the La Tech game. No, it happened in La Tech too oh, in the third yeah. quarter. Well, I was thinking was of the, the Minnesota when we did that. Three no, it, it, I'm it, sorry, that happened a couple times in Minnesota. Yeah. But I'm talking about it, against Louisiana Tech. He's feeling himself. We're up a little bit, and then he like he's, he can't help but step on his own dick. And it's it's moments like that that make me think. A, Harburg is going to get an opportunity to continue to grow in this game because I do think that we maybe get a little bit of an early lead. We're maybe getting a little bit of a push on them. They're hitting the panic button, go three and out a couple times in a row, and he feels like he has a free possession. He feels like he has a free possession, kind of like a breakaway, should be an easy two-point dunk in, in a basketball game, but for some reason this kid decides to pull out a 360 windmill dunk and break it off the backboard, and they score on the other end. That's that's the type of thing that I see happening in this game. I hope not so much. <laughs> It'd be cool I, to see, but I hope not. You, you want sixty? Yes, windmill dunk. Yeah, not, for not sure. to call it way back to the beginning when we weren't even talking Husker football. But <laughs> you want to talk about Bill Belichick and trying to outsmart himself? I think that's what Satterfield does sometimes. Yeah, just that's part of why I think this is stop. Just that's part stop of why I'm going trying. over on this. And I that makes sense. To be fair, a lot of coaches try to outsmart themselves. I get it. it. It's been happening non. There was an article that came out today about why are there so many weird mismanaging game calls okay. happening in college football this year? Why are you going for it on fourth and two when you're up by four against Washington? Fuck! It's not even just in college football. The Chargers did it on Monday night against Dallas, and it cost them the fucking game. And so, why are you onside kicking when you are up two t- two scores? <laughs> I knew that. I knew that was coming in fucking Ireland. I knew that was coming. And so, it, that's Good really God. at the end of the day, that's on rule to come to his yes. coach and say, "Hey, settle down. Yeah. Just do what works for a little bit. Yeah. If you want your player to have confidence, go, don't go try and find it 
in the flush. Yeah. Go and get two pairs. Be the old school. It, exactly. Want to be old school football coach that you talked about all preseason, run Absolutely. the ball, use fullbacks to pile shit in there. I do it. I agree with you. And I hope that it's that way, but I, I'm still going with over on this question because it's five and a half and I think Malachi gets four. Okay. Uh, which he could get four, but the other guys. I think the other guys get one apiece or nothing. Um, second question is the exact same as last week. Nebraska rushing yards, 199 and a half. Northwestern is allowing, uh, they're last in the conference with 172 per game. Nebraska is averaging 200 per game and they have not gone over 200 yards since the Louisiana tech game. Before we jump in on this, do you think Anthony Grant gets the start? A B gets to play much. Why wouldn't he? Yes, to both. Because of what they said in the press conference so far this week, which was pounding on the fact that he has to hold on to the ball. Yeah. And he has to prove that he's, he's definitely hold on starting. To the ball. He's definitely okay. starting. Um, and also, Penn State, who has two really good running backs, they only had 139 rushing yards against uh, Northwestern. But I feel like that, so. was a, that was an outlier game because they're giving up an average of 172 a game. I know. We're, we're including quarterbacks in this number, it's right? Total rushing yards. Yep. Yeah, I'm going over. Easy. Over. Also, okay. also over. I thought it would be easy last week against a bad Illinois defense, and we did not go over. So, but like we talked about, their front seven, especially their defensive line, was talked about all preseason. Yes, as but being they also have been playing like shit all year. And so, true. One more thing that we have to consider for the Illinois game is that penalties and turnovers. Mm-hmm. We we shot ourselves in the foot on six drives in that game. But that's what Nebraska we five in the second half, where we could have been running the ball. You're right. But so again, that's what Nebraska does. I th- it comes back I to the first question. It comes back to whether or not we can execute on mm-hmm. what we're good at. Yep. So I'm taking the over because I think we're going to have a better head on our shoulders this game. I'm going with the over as well because kind of with what I said in the first question. Keep it simple, stupid. Just run the fucking ball and just hold pound. on to the ball too. Yeah. For the love of God, hold on to the ball. Yeah. Execute, period. Which, also, to be fair to Grant, he wasn't the only one that fumbled in the Illinois game. He was not. Uh, question number three. Uh, I brought up this Bryce Gallagher for Northwestern earlier. Who will have more tackles, Bryce Gallagher or Luke Gifford? Again, Gall- Gallagher this year is averaging nine per game, but he has he's averaging six tackles per game in the last three games. Gif- Gifford, Minnesota, Duke, and UTEP. No, that was the first. No, sorry. Minnesota, Penn, uh, Penn State, and Howard. Correct. He's averaging six tackles per game in those three games. Gifford is averaging six tackles per game this season, but in the last three games, he's averaging seven tackles per game. So ba- they're basically the same in the last three games, one six, one seven. So in this game, specifically, who will have more tackles, Bryce Gallagher or Luke Gifford? Luke Gifford or Isaac Gifford? Isaac Gifford, I, I said <laughs> Luke's not here anymore, right. is he? Yep, my bad. <laughs> his all good. Uh, first of all, I've never seen, like, I don't think I've actually seen Isaac Gifford recently with the helmet off. Oh, yeah. Uh, dude looks like fucking Thor, mm-hmm. or like he's been, like, he came off the set. He looks set. like baby Thor, but well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, or, or like he came off the set of Vikings. Yeah. Like, the dude is fully bearded, long hair, got the whole thing going. Uh, just because of that, I got to go with him because I don't have any other reason here. <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't know. I think he has really come on really, really well this last couple games. He was one of the bright spots with the exception of the miss, uh, miss pass in the back of the end zone in the Michigan game. I thought, uh, tackling wise, he was still doing his job. 
I think he played a hell of a game against Illinois, a nice makeup game over that Michigan. Um, and he's gonna he's just gonna continue to to grow and really take more of a leadership role, I think, in this defense. I agree with everything that you're saying, and I just don't want to agree with you anymore. So I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> go with Gallagher. Go with oh, Gallagher. I love your analysis, one. Matt. <laughs> oh, you said that? Well, fuck off. Look, everything they're they're practically the same player. Yeah. I mean, outside of a tackle a game, which is really the difference here. Yeah, yeah. and one's and a so lucky. I'm, yep. I guess technically there's a push option here, but no, I'm not Fuck taking the push. The You're push. the only one that takes the push around here. Pushes burn me every single That's time I've tried to do it. Yeah, a couple weeks That's ago. true. And it <laughs> fucked me. <laughs> me too. It was looking great. So Usually um, there is some pushing and fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm taking Gallagher on this one. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to take Gallagher as well. Mainly because BJ took him. Uh, no, no, because he took Gifford. Um, I'm taking Gallagher because I think we're going to run the ball so much, and that's going to give more opportunities for the linebacker to make more tackles. Sure, yeah, and it comes sure. down to hoping that we just do what we do. Yeah. Uh, Northwestern passing yards, 199 and a half, basically the same as what I had the number for our rushing yards. Uh, Nebraska is last in the conference at 200, giving up 247 yards per game passing. Um, we allowed 289 against Illinois, which is really bad. Um, Northwestern only averages 203 passing yards per game. That number is actually kind of inflated because they had 400 against Minnesota. And the only other time they've gone over 203 was once at 207. So there was a part of me that wanted to have, probably says, that number should be lower than like 175 ish. But the other thing is, though, too, they've played we're two not really good, good defenses. At pa- we're not good at pass, pass defense. They've played right two now, so. really good defenses in Penn State and Duke. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm gonna go with the over on this only because I think this game does stay closer than I want it to, and they're not gonna get that done on the ground. Yes. What was the number you set it at? 199 and a half. Are they going to get to 200? Basically, are they going to get to basically their average at 203? I got to take the over, too. For the exact same reason you said. I think they're going to get down in this game. I think they're going to try a lot of shit through the air to try and get back into it. I don't know if it'll be successful down the stretch, but I think they are going to get yards out of that. And the way that our defense has, has played the run against everyone... They try and use a lot of super quick, get it out to the flats, passing. You to, just compile to, yards. To, well, well, you compile catches yeah. that way. But yeah, you're always going to get your two, three, four. And they're probably going to throw it 40 plus times in this game like every other team that we've seen to have played. So that's, that's the only reason I think that that's going to happen is they're going to end this game with like 255 yards and 210 of it's going to be in the air. Yeah, if not more. I I could definitely see our defense putting up a negative yardage on their rushing game this week. I don't know about negative, but keeping them under I'm going to take it. Why? Then I know what your answer is going to be on the last question. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going with the over as well, but I don't. I think it's going to be pretty close. There's a, I think this game's going to be close. I know we're not there yet as far as picking the game, but just in case this game does get out of hand, they're going to have to throw the ball to do anything. So um, And also, if they can't run the ball, they're going to have to throw the ball. I think just by sheer volume, like you talked about, possibly them throwing the ball 40 times, by sheer vol- volume, they're probably going to get over 200. How I, much of a passer is their backup quarterback if he ends up playing? 
they're both basically they both quarterbacks same dudes are yards per attempt is like just over five yards per attempt so they don't ding and dunk short yeah. stuff exactly like what has killed our passing defense mm-hmm. this year yeah uh this question will be at your heart man billy kemp touches not you but billy kemp touches offensive touches season <laughs> So I this, know that thought went through. Say what you I, need to say. <laughs> oh my god! Ooh, that might have to go into the intro song. Just like throw a mat in the background. <laughs> These are just offensive touches in the background on, on top. These are not punt returns, so those don't count as touches. Just running. Fuck the ball. that! It's a touch. He's touching no. the ball. No. Whatever, man. Those, those are all going to be uh, over the head. He's just catching the ball there. What is it? The Three and a half? Six and a half. Six and a half? Fuck you. It's under. He doesn't <laughs> catch that many balls. The kid doesn't get open. He he averages. Well, so I take out the Minnesota game on Billy Kemp's stats because he wasn't, he didn't even, have any. He wasn't even targeted. Well, it turns so, out he was in the game, so you shouldn't take it out. Well, whatever. He averages how many? So in there the, in the five games. Who tells... Satterfield to get him involved yeah, in the game. That's why I'm putting the, making this number. So of the last five games, he averages 4.4 catches per game. Uh, he has he's averaging seven targets in the last five games, and that's just throwing the ball. He's he's ran the ball twice, so you know he could also run the ball maybe once or twice in this game as well. Um, and they keep talking about how they want to get him 10 to 15 touches a game. So I'm putting the number at six and a half. Talk about it. They ain't been about it. I'm going under. I agree with you. They can talk about it all they want to. I know. He doesn't get himself open. And in the Jet Sweep game, they were bringing in Tommy Hill in the last game rather than running him. I'm not even going to completely say that he doesn't get himself open. We just don't get him the ball. Because even on the tar- he has seven targets. If the, if the ball's nowhere close to him, it's not about whether or not he gets open. Fair enough. I get it. He's a hard to overlook as almost a legal midget. But he's going to have more touches against this Northwestern team. So I'm taking the over. But also, the other thing, you know... This is a trap question for Matt. The other, the other one that... <laughs> the other reason why I have this is because, again, with Marcus Washington now gone, do those, do those targets slash touches go to Billy Kemp or are they... And I don't, I don't know that... Kemp can make the same kind of catches that Washington. No, 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 no. I'm just talking about the opportunities. Yeah. I think you're calling different plays because of the fact that he's out. Yes. So I'm taking the over. You guys both on the under? I'm taking the under, yeah. It's kind of the whole prove it thing. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, Question number six turnover margin for Nebraska plus 0.5. So basically, will we be positive in the turnover margin? Northwestern is even on the season with five and five. They have three games where they did not have a takeaway at all. Nebraska has gotten at least one takeaway in five of the six games. I'm going to go with Northwestern on this. I'm taking the under simply because of the fact that this is a prove it thing for me, and they have not proven that they can hold on to the ball. No, even if we start, even when we start getting some turnovers, we can't hold on to the ball. And I, I just think I think that's one of those getting over your skis, getting too excited at the end of the game. Yeah, you got a freshman that catches something or or is running something. I, I just I don't I don't trust it. Okay, I have officially had enough whiskey that I'm taking Nebraska on this one. <laughs> that's the only All reason. Right, Matt's sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> that's, that's the only reason that I that I can honestly 
take that because we haven't proved it to this point. The only reason is because you've had enough whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it said. <laughs> Nailed it. No. It, Hot no. take. Whiskey shots. It doesn't matter how, how many takeaways our defense gets. Our offense is going to give up that many. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to take Nebraska just because I can't. <laughs> just because I don't want to say what BJ said. It's going to be a good week for me. I uh, I don't think that Northwestern is going to be in the positive. Um, so I think it's either going to be even or Nebraska is going to be up. So just for shits and giggles, I'm going to agree with Matt, even though I have not had any whiskey, and I'm going to go with the over. Have you ever had any whiskey? I have, and it's awful. <laughs> this fucking guy. Jaeger in his blood doesn't like whiskey. Damn right. Uh, very last question. Northwestern rushing yards per carry. Is this question seven? Last question, question okay. seven. Um, Northwestern rushing yards per carry. I'm going to guess Matt, no matter what the number is, is going to go with the under. So I'm going to type you in it under. Uh, I'm putting the number at 1.8 yards per carry. They are averaging 3.12 which is last in the Big Ten and 120th in the country, versus Big Ten teams, Northwestern is averaging 1.79, so basically the 1.8 that I put the number at. Um, they only have one running back. Uh, Porter? Yeah, Cam Porter. He, he only has one rushing touchdown on the season. Uh, he's the only running back with a rushing touchdown. They allow 22 sacks and 42 tackles for loss. They're near the bottom in the conference. And Nebraska has only allowed one team to get over 100 yards all year. So uh, that that number, we're not talking about are they going to get over 100 yards. This is yards per carry for Northwestern, 1.8. I'm going to go with the under on this only because I do believe that we get to the quarterback a couple times in this game. And I don't think they're actually going to run the ball that much. Completely agree. I don't see them having more than 15 to 20 rushes on the game. And they're not going to move the ball well. Their, their offensive line, they do okay pass projecting. They don't get a good push from what I've seen this year. And like you said, they only have one running back. They're going to yeah. be tired by halftime. Also, I just, have to, I just want to say this stat. Not that this is going to change any minds, but... If you take out the Michigan game for Nebraska, you know, Nebraska's at 2.66 on the season. They are allowing only 1.71 yards per carry on the season. That's just ridiculous. I like it. Gosh, it's ridiculous. I'm going to go with the over, not because I think Northwestern is going to be super successful. I still just think holding a team under two yards of carry is fucking hard. Yes, Nebraska is that good. Yes, Northwestern is that bad. But numbers just tell me, I mean, that's hard to do. So I'm just going to I'm just going to play the odds and take the over on that one. My, my, my only reason that I, I'm not very comfortable with it. I'm just, I agree with everything you said, but the only reason that I'm thinking in my own head that this could be a thing is because watching what little I've watched of Northwestern and how many sacks they're giving up. Mm -hmm. I said, they played two good defenses in Duke and Penn, Penn state. I don't think either of those defenses, they're, their front line are any better than ours. And I think that they did a good enough job getting to the quarterback that we're going to do a good enough job getting to the quarterback. And there's going to be a couple of those. We're trying to stay in this game. I've got to scramble around and play hero ball, especially if he's a backup quarterback. He's probably going to hold that ball and take one of those third and 13 
20-yard sack type things a couple times in this game. That's why I'm mm-hmm. that's why I'm going with that under. Yep. No, it you know, I I kind of just think that maybe they will accidentally get like maybe two 25 plus runs and then it'll just skew that number completely. <laughs> you you could it, totally it won't really right. affect the game itself, you could be totally but it right. might just skew that number cuz I mean, one or two of those plays especially if they only throws this number times. throws this number completely off. So that yeah. like I said, I'm just kind of playing the odds here. I'm not very comfortable taking the over, but that's what I'm taking, and that's all I got. That's all you got. That's all I got. Well, this game is being played at 2.30 p.m. Central Time on Big Ten Network in Lincoln, Nebraska. The weather is supposed to be about the most gorgeous that you can get this time of year. 64 degrees at game time, partly cloudy, um, probably just a little bit overcast there, but there's no rain expected. Uh, The wind is supposed to be minimal. That's exciting. Um, when you're looking at what Vegas has as odds on this game, it came out. It actually opened at 12 and a half earlier last week. Um, and it's gone down. People don't have faith in Nebraska covering that 12 and a half mark. It's gone down so much. There's been so much money put on 12 and a half plus on the Northwestern side that it's gone down a whole point. Which, if if... But Numbers still dollars. hold normal. That's a that's an extra two two million dollars on the northwestern side of that ledger. It's because people don't believe our offense can score that many points. Exactly. exactly. This very well could be a three to ten game. Yeah. So um, it's Nebraska minus eleven and a half, which I think is a huge number. Um, the over under on this one is forty one. So they do think there's going to be some scoring in this game. Under. <laughs> Like I said at the very I beginning, think, I didn't. I don't care what the number is. Under. I think it's a safe under too, just simply from the fact that I think we are like I'm. My, my pick on this game is going to be something like twenty-seven to three, twenty-seven to twenty-seven to six. Maybe you think either one of these teams are going to score twenty-seven? I do. Points? I do. <laughs> I don't think Northwestern's defense is good enough to to keep us from scoring that much. Because I mean, they even I gave also up, don't think our offense is good yeah, enough they, to score they that much. Twenty-three points to Howard. They give up 34 points to Minnesota. Minnesota's offense is almost as bad as ours. I just don't... I, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see Nebraska scoring that many points. No. I see us scoring 18 to 24, maybe. 24 on the, on the high on end. The high end. <sighs> I Barring really, a defensive score, too. I mean... It, see, that's the only way I see Northwestern staying in the game, is yeah. with their defense. And so I, I'm going to go 21 to six, and I. She so still have us covering. I have us covering, but barely. Yeah, have us covering. Have the under. I agree. As far as the I'm co- going under for the rest of the year. Yeah, <laughs> mark I'm, it down. I'm saying it now. I I think we could put the over under at what the Iowa Minnesota game is for this week. It's 31 and a half. I think, and I'd still take the under. <laughs> I imagine that's what the Iowa Nebraska game is going to look yeah, like. Exactly. If not, or lower. maybe like 27 and a half. Yeah. We might break a record for an under. Well, prediction in the game. <laughs> Iowa's this Iowa Minnesota game. It's the third lowest all time uh, over under. And the top two Iowa has been involved in yeah, in the that, last that couple of years. Well, if you think about if you think about what remaining schedule Iowa has and Nebraska has, there's a fair to decent chance you'd be looking at two top ten defensive teams coming into that game at the end of the season, and two of the bottom whatever 
bottom 10, bottom 15 offenses. Top, top 20 and worst <laughs> so 20 could, for sure. It could, yeah, it could easily be a 27 and a half point spread or uh, over under. That, that'll be one of those six to three games by the time yeah. we get done with the fucking season. Do you have a score prediction, Jed? I don't do scores. Um, but I think it'll be very close to the point spread. Um, I think this game will be more of a struggle for the first half than a lot of people want it to be. Sure. Um, I kind of think it'll be a comfortable game as far as the way that the game is played, but maybe not on the scoreboard. The weather will be nice. Um, I'll, and me and my <laughs> me and my kids will be there, so nice. we're going to be down there. Uh, very, very cool. Partying. And it'll be the Were you partying ahead of time? Uh, not really sure. I think we're going to try to go to the Unity Walk before the game. Um, I think that that's two, uh, two and a half hours before East the Stadium. game starts. Yeah. Um, cause one of my girls' uh, friends, uh, this is going to be her first game. So I'm going to kind of try to do the things, do the things, you know, seeing players and the bands and stuff like that. He's doing the touristy stuff. Yeah. Um, (laughs) he he ain't passing out in his seat in the first half. No, (laughs) not taking his, not taking his daughters to the game. I'm still going to have some Jaeger in me, but um, no, not like that. Do you ever not have Jaeger in you? Uh, I don't right now. It's at least on you. (laughs) Probably somewhere. I mean, you put it on your calf. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, I I think it. You know, I, I kind of agree with as far as it, some sort of a score would be close to what you have. Barely twenty for us, and if it's a blowout, maybe I'm be maybe double digits for them. But if they get double digits, it'll be ten. That's fair. Like, I think the way that we've described this, the way that we've taken all these these questions, and the way that we've really talked about this game so far, I think we all feel like Nebraska is going to dominate this game. Even if it doesn't look the prettiest, it's going to be a dominant performance by Nebraska. Look, G- game control, I think, will be yes. on Nebraska's side. And just simple execution, like yeah. we've been saying. It's If you don't go out there and fuck yourself, you're going to win the game. Go Big Red. And this may be the most unbelievable night in Hornester football history. 